0: Another one. Another, 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 another one. Jags! Another Jags Podcast. Alright, welcome to Another Jags Podcast. This is our new daily show that we're doing. We are a Jags fan podcast, so anything you send to us on twitter anything you send to us on youtube we are for sure gonna say we're gonna read we're gonna answer so we're gonna try to put out some episodes that will be up for you in the morning and and i'm gonna and we're gonna publish them at like 6 a.m so if you're on your way to work and you're one of those like early morning grinders they will be available for you to listen to if you're one of those guys that rolls out of bed around 8 30 like myself they will also be there. But make sure you send us your questions and your comments, and uh, we will definitely read them. We're on Twitter at AnotherJagsPod and Facebook and Instagram at AnotherJagsPodcast. We're for sure going to still do our live shows. We do twice a week, Wednesday night with Joey, Sunday night with Mike. We still are going to do those live shows on YouTube, but we wanted to give you guys something you could like listen to during the week. Uh, This is our attempt at that and we appreciate any feedback you have, anything that you have going on. And basically we're just going to quickly hit on things that are going on with the Jags that are up to date and and current that you guys want to listen to. So we're super excited about this new format that we're doing. Please give us any feedback. All right, so let's just jump right into it. The biggest news for any Jag fan that has happened This week is the legit random retiring of Andrew Luck that happened like during the Gator game. So, if you were watching the Gators in Miami, it was like around the second quarter. You were like, man, these are some trash teams. They keep turning the ball over. And then all of a sudden, Adam Schefter reports that Andrew Luck has retired. It's old news by now. What I find interesting is that everybody loves to take this like high road approach of like, Kind of of like what everyone did with Telvin, right? Like, do what's best for you, man. Like, get yourself right. Like, I don't blame you. Like, I, I get that. And, like, I will never get on an athlete for playing bad or deciding that he's done. But I also am a man of, like, principles and morals and respect. And there's something to doing things the right way. Now, I'm all for Andrew Luck realizing that his body can't take the abuse anymore and that he's done, whether it be from the injuries or whatever it is. Like, like I get all that. Like, that's, that's not anything I can't understand. What's hard for me to understand as a person is the timing. Dude, you waited until now to retire? Now, part of me thinks and wants to believe... Because Andrew Luck, I mean, he just has a great reputation in the NFL. Part of me wants to believe that he's told the team that he was going to retire. Because that's that's what I would do, right? I'd try to keep it hush-hush. I would tell the team I'm retiring. But the fact that he's on the sidelines of the games, like with the earpiece on when he got booed off the field, and the fact that the Colts have made no move to add a quarterback. Like, e- even if you like... Jacoby Brissett, you still would bring in somebody at least for some competition. That's, that's kind of a dead giveaway that they had no idea what was happening. The fact that you don't bring in anybody, that's, that's very surprising to me. So that, that just shows me that the Colts had no clue that he was going to retire. And it kind of seems like someone was kind of mad about the timing and intentionally leaked it to Schefter during the game so that the booing would kind of happen. And, And I'm not saying I agree with the timing, but if I'm mad, I'm probably doing something similar. Man, that leaves the AFC South wide open. So many people had the Colts winning the division. So many people had T.Y. Hilton being fantasy valuable in the Colts offense with their new bolstered offensive line making a difference. I mean, by all means, they made it to the second round of the playoffs last year now all of a sudden they seem to be a team that's tanking for Tua, or or you know heaven forbid two years of awfulness tanking for trevor lawrence from clemson it's strange it's it's good for the jags i kind of lost a little respect for andrew luck throughout this situation because i feel like it could have been handled a lot differently And, and i'm not just being a hater because i feel the exact same way about telvin smith I respect Telvin Smith's decision, but I think as a man of morals and convictions, he could have handled it better. I digress. Nothing we can do about the situation. If anything, it helps the Jags that he's gone and uh, good for the AFC South. Not to mention Lamar Miller. The Texans running back went down with a ACL injury, which absolutely... i mean That's two big-time players that are just now gone from the AFC South, so... I think now the chances if you made if you put some money down on the Jags winning the conference uh or the division, then you are sitting prettier now than you did uh before Saturday night. And that's really all I'll say about that. I'm not gonna take the high ground. I'm not gonna say like screw the Colts because you know I you know, I'm I'm a grown, I'm a grown man. I'm not gonna say anything like that. I just think it was weird and I wouldn't have handled it that way. All right, moving on. The next biggest news in the Jaguars. I guess world, the Jags world. I mean, that's what we are here at another Jags podcast. We're the Jags world. Anything that Jags fans think or feel, we we read. We read all of our Twitter comments and questions. I mean, I'm continuously browsing the Jaguar subreddit, message boards, all other things, just to get a feel of like what Jags fans are thinking because they're missing link, and the Jags media is like honestly the fans, and there's like a I'm not going to get on a soapbox about how bad the Jags media is because I only respect media. But, I mean, I'm not – I'm preaching to the choir here when I talk about what, what's out there and, and what we are. So, again, I, I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but send us your things that you have, and, and we will 100% have your opinion known and out there. The next biggest news, Philip Heileman uh, reported that the Jaguars tight end Jeff Swaim is going to return to practice. He returned to practice uh, yesterday. And he said that it could be ready to go for week one against Kansas City. Now, now normally I wouldn't get excited about a player like Jeff Swaim being available week one because he doesn't have an extensive history of being productive for any team he's been with. And he really hasn't even shown his ability to stay healthy. I do think he'll be an integral part of our offense, but I say it with a little bit of hesitation Because all throughout the preseason, we saw Jaguars offensive coordinator, John D. Filippo, run a bunch of two tight end sets. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, I am a fan of two tight end sets. Tight ends nowadays are a matchup nightmare. They have speed. They have size. They have hands. They have the ability to block. And for a lot of teams, that two tight end set is nasty. Like, straight nasty. But the Jags, I don't see that. Like, I'm a big fan of James O'Shaughnessy, and I think he's improved. We saw in the game against the Eagles, he had that little skinny post that he ran for about 10 yards, and he had made a great catch from Gardner Minshew. I'm excited about O'Shaughnessy this year. I've been big on him for a while, but the tandem of O'Shaughnessy and Swaim on the field at the same time doesn't do much for me. And and I'll just go ahead and add that a lot of Jeff Swaim snaps have come from that F back, like the fullback, like lined up in the backfield with his hand in the dirt and the offset. eye. like, is that someone you're going to get excited about? Like, I understand on play action, he could leak out to the flat. I understand. I understand he can make plays from that position, but is that something that you're really getting excited about? And I think we're kind of grasping. There's a lot, there's a lot to get excited about in this offense and, Jeff Swaim, I just don't feel like is, is that. Like, like What I mean is like, like I just feel like there's guys that Jags fans are, are kind of overhyping. And I don't want to sound like a pessimist here, but there's guys that should be hyped up. Josh Allen looked amazing against the Dolphins. There's guys that look really, really good. But there, I think there's guys that are being overhyped. And I'm not saying that they're bad players. And I'm not saying that they're not good. I'm just saying they're getting overhyped. And I think one of those guys is Jeff Swaim. He just really has never shown me anything that he's going to be productive. I understand he was hurt. He's had injuries. That's taken him out. But And the guy's had a good journeyman career as far as staying in the league as an undrafted player, even though it was all with the Cowboys. But if we're being real with ourselves, is Jeff Swaim really going to tilt the balance? Like In reality, Josh Oliver in two years is going to do more than Jeff Swaim is probably in his whole career here. So that's that's the only thing that I'm just want to give people hesitation about Dewan Smoot. I'm excited about Dewan Smoot, but he's I feel like he's getting kind of overhyped like the same guy. Philip Heilman had a whole article about how he sounds like Dewan Smoot is going to make the 53 man roster. I guarantee you Dewan Smoot is not going to make a single difference this year. I love the guy. He had a couple good plays against the Dolphins in the preseason game. But who are we kidding? We have the most stacked defensive line in the history of Jaguars football. And you're sitting there trying to convince me that Dewan Smoot making the 53-man roster is supposed to excite me? I don't know. I'm rooting for Smoot. Dude's a great vlogger, you know, trying to make his, his own thing. I mean, I'm literally watching the Jags-Dolphins. I'm re-watching it again. and And he made a great play in the second quarter. But it's just who are we kidding man it's 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 DeJuan Smoot it's a guy that's probably getting a little overhyped on this team so rooting for him but let's not get too over excited about guys like Swain and Smoot because it's it happens every preseason is we hype up these players and then when they play real competition that it is just not really all there so I, I mentioned Josh Allen right Josh Allen's a guy that had a great game against the Dolphins. Doug Marone had some kind of quote talking about how, like, about Allen's instincts, and, and, and he said something to the effect of, "We're, we're make no mistake about it, we're going to let him get going after the quarterback. And I had a heated, heated discussion with, with one of my buddies. You guys have seen him on the podcast, Mike, about whether Josh Allen's productivity is going to affect the contract negotiations for Ngakwe, and that's a that's a very interesting concept, and it's it seems like a simple answer. The, the simple answer is that you can never have too many good defensive ends, and Coughlin is notorious for stacking his defensive line with with talent, whether it be when he was with the Giants with JPP and and Ocio Manura and all these other guys. But I would kind of argue that there's more to it than just, like, let's stack our DNs with speed, which is what everyone kind of seems to want. Everyone seems to want to pay in Ngakwe, like, fat money, $100 million, But there's really a lot more to it than that. And, and, and before we jump into that, we just take, I just want to take a quick commercial break. We are with Overtime Network Podcasts. We are with Big Cat Country, um, SB Nation, more specifically, and they want us to kind of throw in a commercial. And since this is a short podcast, we're going to throw one in here real quick. So, thank you guys for listening. Quick commercial, support the product, uh, and uh, we hope you're uh, we hope you're enjoying this little short podcast that we're doing here. I mean, it's it's great. I thought it would be harder than it than it is. To be honest, it's kind of easy. I'm forcing myself to take a break here, but I, I'm going to. And um, thank you guys so much for listening. And um, we'll be right back after this break. All right, welcome back to another Jags podcast. Uh, this is one of our short episodes, just a little like quick hitter for you. You know, some people call it a mailbag. I, I kind of like quick hitter uh, or, or one hitter. I like that too. You know, it kind of reminds me of my uh, college days. We kind of tease before the break. Uh, Josh Allen and whether or not Josh Allen will make a huge impact on Ngakwe's contract negotiation. And if you think the answer is no, then you are living in a fantasy world. You really, really are. I'm one of the biggest fans of Ngakwe. I love finding a diamond in a rough draft pick. Are you kidding me? Getting a guy in the third round and him being one of the best DNs in the league I, that, that excites me more than anything. Admittedly, when we drafted Ngakwe, I had no idea who he was. And if you're sitting there saying you had heard of him before that, you're either lying or you should be doing your own podcast because no one had heard of Yannick Ngakwe. And admittedly, when when I went back and watched the film and tried to watch the film of him, it seemed like a lot of his sacks were like effort sacks, like the pocket was collapsed. All of his D linemen had given up, but Ngakwe chased down the quarterback who tried to extend the play and got a sack. And frankly, I didn't know how that would translate to the NFL. But as we've seen, it it translates well. And I could throw numbers and stats and pressures and PFF grades at you till the cows come home. But I'm going to just give you my eyeball test. As someone who's been watching and evaluating talent for a long time, and Gakwe is really, really good. And he deserves a fat contract. But Josh Allen is better. Like Josh Allen is a better player than Yannick and Gakwe. And to all the people out there that are saying pay both of them. You can't have enough good DNs. You can't. You are right. You cannot have enough good DNs. But the reality is, is that they're both kind of the same guy. They both want to beat the tackle to the edge with speed and then they capitalize on a collapsed pocket or they chase down a quarterback who's extended the play. But in order for that to happen, you have to not only have an interior D lineman who can collapse the pocket, but more importantly, you have to have a defensive end on the strong side who can take on a double team and turn the run back inside if it's a run play. The Jags had one of the best defensive lines the Jags have ever had last year. We're talking Calais Campbell. We're talking Yannick Ngakwe. We're talking Marcel Darius, Avery Jones, a rookie Taven Bryan, everyone's favorite son, Dwan Smoot. Like, these aren't scrubs. This is one of the best D lines the Jags have ever had going back to John Henderson and Marcus Stroud. But what happened time and time again? We... The... People ran all over us. We were almost bottom in the league and run yards against and rushing touchdowns against. And yeah, you can make the argument that we were playing from behind and that the offense couldn't do anything, so they just ran it against us. At the end of the day, we knew they were running the ball. We still couldn't stop it. If I see that Derrick Henry 99-yard run one more time on NFL Network, I swear I'm going to throw something through my TV. Those weren't Scrubs missing tackles on Derrick Henry. That was A.J. Boyer. That was Miles Jack. That was safeties unable to take the proper angle to make a tackle. So until you can show me a D lineman that can play the run on the end, besides Calais Campbell, now is, could Josh Allen be that guy? Yeah, he's kind of a freak. Yeah, he's 6'5", 275. He could end up being the next Calais Campbell. And that's a bigger Testament for who is skilled and, than then being the next Yannick Ngakwe in my opinion at right now as a someone who reviews film and has watched film for years. I would take Josh Allen 10 times out of 10 over Yannick Ngakwe. Would I like them both? Yes. Do I want to pay Ngakwe a hundred million dollars? I don't think so. And I don't want to be ostracized for this. I think the deal the Jags offered him at fifty million was fair. A three year, fifty million dollar deal? Sign a new deal at twenty nine? Are you kidding me? That's a good deal. I've seen a lot. I and mean, this goes to Jags Reddit. This goes to Big Cat Country message boards about the Jags having this this hybrid 3-4 defense, right? Of how with the, the ability of Josh Allen to play the stand-up edge rusher that now all of a sudden we can flip between this even man front 4-3 and this odd man front 3-4. In reality, that, that hybrid isn't as much of a change... As people think. Like, playing a 3-4 versus a 4-3 doesn't really change that much. I, the personnel, we have, we have the personnel for this. Really, it's all about alignment. And the fact that a guy is standing up rather than have his hand in the dirt does not change the fact that we're in a 3-4 versus a 4-3. A and and, and, and here's, my, here's my proof for that. There was plays where we were in a... What, what you would call a 4-3, but it looked like a 3-4. Here was your lineup. You had Josh Allen outside of the tackle on the weak side. You had Calais Campbell literally head up on the center. Then you had Taven Bryan on the outside of the strong side tackle. And then you had Ngakwe in a stand-up position. Now, at first glance, this looks like a three-four, but Ngakwe was stand-up in the two technique inside the guard at the snap. There was a stunt. Josh Allen stunts inside, Ngakwe stunts outside. Josh Allen gets pressure on the quarterback. Third and five, underthrown. Now, to the it looks like that was a th- it was an, an odd man front. But really, just an even man front with Ngakwe and stand up. Really, Miles Jack should have had a, a, a interception on that play, but there was an uncalled offensive pass interference, and you saw Miles Jack pop up and ask for the call against the Dolphins. People get too caught up on these formations. They get too caught up on on terms and where we're at, and and in reality, like none of this stuff matters. They're gonna bring four or five guys at the blitz. Here's what's kind of crazy to think about on most plays in the first half against the dolphins, we rushed five guys. You saw Todd wash kind of get back to that straight man defense that was run in 2017. There was literally five, like, like it's more of a five, two with man on the first three drives of the game. Only two plays did they not bring five at the snap. Now, if you're a experienced quarterback like Ryan Fitzpatrick is, and you see seven guys on the line of scrimmage lined up in man, you know that you need a quick hitter to one of your inside guys. Fitzpatrick tried that. He tried to hit Durham Smith on a slant, and Ronnie Harrison had great coverage, and it didn't work. Is that going to work when Durham Smith is now Michael Thomas? Or is that going to work when Durham Smith is now Tyreek Hill? I don't know. I'd like to see it, though. I'm a fan of man coverage. I'm a fan of, of bring everyone and just play man. Now, good quarterbacks will beat you on that. There was a third and ten on the second drive of the game. We dropped into a cover two. Fitzpatrick recognized it. Tried to hit Preston Williams on an out. He dropped it. Boyer made a good play on the ball. Leon Jacobs played on the line of scrimmage. Gerard Wilson, we saw him inside the box a bunch. On the second drive of the game, they had six guys on the line of scrimmage. Ronnie Harrison at the line of scrimmage. Third and five, Najee Good coming in late on the blitz. Smoot makes a good play. They're bringing five. They're bringing six. They're bringing pressure and playing, man, which is what I wanted to see all of last year. They couldn't do it because the pass rush couldn't get there. I think this year the pass rush gets there. Personally, I'm just, I'm excited. All right, I'm I'm running out of time here. You know, I said this was going to be a short episode. I'm pushing 25 minutes here. Just real quick, I want to hit on Tay Hayes. Tay Hayes, PFF just came out with a list of like top 30 players, top 30 rookies. Tay Hayes made the list. Josh Allen made the list. Josh Allen, you would expect to make the list. Tay Hayes, I was pretty surprised. He's had a good game. He's had a dropped interception. He has an interception. He has like two pass breakups. Tay Hayes may be a guy that's played his way onto a team, and if he hasn't played his way onto his team, he has definitely played his way onto either a practice squad spot or to another team's roster. So I want to end this podcast with a hats off to Tay Hayes. Mad respect to you, Tay. I hope I see you in the... I hope I see you play. Because we've had some good depth at defensive back, but Tay Hayes may take the cake. Hope you make the team, and I hope that The whole secondary shows up the way that you did. I hope you inspire the whole team and all the rookies. All right, that's going to wrap it up for our morning show. I hope you had your cup of coffee, and I hope you're ready to go. Have a great day at work. Have a great day today. Hey, man, the Jags are on the road to the playoffs. With the AFC South down, with everything going the way that it's going, things are looking good for the Jags. Foles looks good. The O-line looks good and healthy. Fournette looks good. The defense is good. Josh Allen looks good. Man, things are looking up as a Jags fans. Thank you for spending your morning with us. Thank you for spending your day with us. Uh it's been awesome. Make sure to like tweet us your questions and comments. We'll read them. And we'll we'll tell we'll tell the world what you think. We appreciate you listening. Make sure to support our sponsors. Make sure to give us that five star rating on iTunes. Everything to support us. Uh, we love doing this. It's a hobby. We don't do it for the money. We do it because we love the Jags and we love fans of the Jags. We've been here our whole lives. We're never leaving. We're not these. We're not like these guys that that come through town for a year or two and then jump to the next team that offers them money. That's not us. That's not what we do. We are. We we do not take for granted you listening to us. We understand how valuable and important your time is. And the fact that you would spend it with us is just humbling. Thank you so much for another Jags podcast. And we'll see you tomorrow. And as always, go Jags.